Welcome to the Desert Dirt Biker Podcast with Corndog and Eric. This episode's guest is brought to you by Blood Lubricants. Go check out Blood Lubricants at bloodlubricants.com. All right, welcome to the Desert Dirt Biker Podcast. Episode 37, February 9th, 2021. We are live here in studio in Panaca, Nevada. I am Corndog with Eric and Ashley. Hope everyone is doing well. Eric had to run out for a little bit, had to go out on an ambulance call, so he'll be back later in the show. Um, he'll be right back. He's doing our community good. Anyways, later on in this episode, dude, we are excited. We're stoked. Unbelievable. On that note, our next guest on this episode will be ex-motocross racer, works racer, 24 hours of Glen Helen, Baja racer, Dakar racer, sponsored by Fly, Monster Energy, owner, rider of SLR Honda, owner of SlamLife.com gear. And on that note, you can go to SlamLife.com, type in MS15 for 15% off on all his gear. The one and only Mark Samuels, who we're so excited to hear his story. We're going to get uh, where he came from, how he, <clears throat> how he started, who he raced with in motocross. Uh, it, it's going to be awesome. I We can't wait. Anyways, um, before we get Samuels, Mark Samuels on the phone, um, don't forget to check out our Facebook, KD Eric. And give us a like, give us a follow. Also on Instagram, the Desert Dirt Biker. And email if you have any uh, comments, guest requests, questions for guests, what have you. Drop us a line, the Desert Dirt Biker.com or at gmail.com. Sorry, the Desert Dirt Biker at gmail.com. Anyways, yes, we'd love to hear from you. Please share us with your friends and family. We are growing. We want to grow bigger. And we are getting better with every episode. So, without further ado, give us a few minutes and we will go get Mark Samuels on the phone. You better hold on for this one. Hey, we have Mark Samuels on the phone. So, how you doing, Mark? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing good, man. Got myself, corn dog. Eric and Ashley sitting here and excited to hear your story. Right on. Yeah, I'm excited uh, to be on with you guys. Thanks for having me. Cool. Where where are you at right now? Oh, I'm sitting in my uh my room while the wife's making dinner cuz she's banging on dishes, so I came in here so I could uh, hide <laughs> hide from her and the noise and talk to you guys. Oh, yeah, same here. <laughs> but but that's in California, right? So... Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm here in California out by uh joshua tree um a lot of people seem to know where that's from is nowadays so uh yeah that's that's where i'm from and and been based out of for a while sweet cool well for our listeners and for us or whatever let's uh, i guess just jump into your story tell us where you came from where you started and what got you into the dirt bike 
Cool. Yeah. So I come, uh, I was uh, born and raised in a, a small town called Kingman, Arizona. It's grown up pretty big now. Uh, it, it's still not too, too big, but it's about an hour from Las Vegas and an hour from Lake Havasu off of I-40. And um, that's, uh, yeah, where I was born. And, you know, I was lucky enough to, uh, to have uh, a local motorcycle track and a, a group of friends that, you know, my, my parents knew and, uh, you know, we all got raised up together and, you know, there was, um, four boys that, uh, we all got to go riding and that was kind of our weekend thing. There was a track there in town and, uh, that's kind of where the whole, the whole thing started. I was about three years old. <laughs> Our parents thought it was smart to get us all dirt bikes and go push us, go ride some <laughs> dirt bikes. So, um, and you know, that's definitely where my, uh, my passion was, was drawn and, uh, you know, was found for the sport. And I've, I've always from, from when I can remember, I was, uh, he, I was huge fan of motorcycles and dirt bikes, uh, mainly in, you know, like the McGrath era, like I was a huge McGrath fan and Supercross and, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. There was, uh, I, I just loved dirt bikes for sure from a, a young age. And that's kind of, uh, where all, it all started, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all have that sickness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first bike? Um, so I, I did have a Z50 for a, a quick little minute, but really I'd say my the PW50 was my first bike. Um, yeah, actually my sister, they got my sister an I1 and uh, my mom rides horses. And, um, and so that's actually where I learned to ride. It was in, in the arena and then, you know, we'd pile up some horse poop and I'd hit those as my jumps and <laughs> <laughs> that's what, how it all started. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. funny uh, that's cool yeah so so then you guys moved out to california and and you kind of kept riding out there yeah or? so i i kind of went through a little phase so like from the time we we're three till probably eight nine ten ish um you know there's the track in town and we all went and did that and uh there's a big group and we'd go race world minis and stuff like that and but i i always wanted to keep racing doing more but it kind of died off in in the town and uh there wasn't a track to ride anymore so like i kind of fell off from riding from about 10 and then um my family my parents told me we're moving to california and i was excited (laughs) i was like you know that's a that's a dream to be out here to be able to ride the tracks and everything and be close to it and so uh you know, when I was t- just turned 13, we moved out here and my dad got mm-hmm. me a couple fresh new bikes and they were uh, RM 85s for some reason. I really wanted to ride Suzuki's and I, uh, I was a big Pastrana and Davy Millsaps. I looked up to those guys like at the world minis, they were so, you know, so fast as amateurs and, um, really good racers. And it was like, so that's what drew <laughs> me to wanting to be on Suzuki. So I was, my parents bought me a couple Suzuki's and we went back racing and, you know, uh, it was, it's kind of crazy to look back on now. Cause when I first moved here and this is like another small town, you know, close to everything, but still a small town. And, uh, 
the -hmm. first person I was introduced to when I went to first day of school was um, Aaron Gwynn, which I don't know if you guys follow downhill mountain biking at all, but he's, he's quite a legend in uh, that world now. And uh, we, uh, so that was the first friend I made in California and in town. And, uh, you know, he was the other kid that rode dirt bikes. So, um, yeah, it is kind of funny. Him and I became best friends at that point. And, you know, it's, uh, I'd say us meeting each other is a big part of where, where we've ended up with, uh, our career paths and, and pushing each other cool. and all that. So it, it's, it's pretty crazy to look at us. Like, you know, we're in our thirties and now, and it's like, holy cow, things have flown by pretty quick, but, um, pretty, <laughs> pretty awesome. Like with two kids from Yucca Valley, uh, what we've done and, <laughs> and push each other. Yeah, you, know, you, sure. you find a good friend and, uh, both that are passionate for something and um it, it's pretty cool to see uh where where it's all came and and gone so it's uh yeah i got very lucky to be able to meet aaron Gwynn out here and um and be out in california and start my path of racing dirt bikes again that's cool so were you primarily motocross back then or i was i didn't what did you start out with yeah i i was 100 motocross i never raced an off-road event until i was 21 <laughs> so yeah pretty crazy wow. um I, I grew up in the desert um i rode a little bit of desert but not really not much honestly um just you know i would go out like my dad had xr 400s and 600s and stuff like that and we'd he'd take me on some rides and uh but i was driven to motocross like supercross and motocross was my you know that it was so easy to watch that and be a part of that. I didn't really know anything about like a national hair and hound. I knew about Baja cause my dad would pay attention to it. And, uh, you know, Johnny Campbell and he rode Hondas and you know, all that. So I, I knew about Baja, but any other types of off-road racing, I didn't really know about. Um, and then, yeah, so I raced amateurs. I had a couple pretty good years in amateurs racing with, uh, like my era was Dungey, canard uh bowers um who else do we have like cunningham um yeah like uh, that was kind of my era and i i had a couple good years in racing that but i i and you raced against all those guys or with those yep, guys or? yeah i did uh that was just a couple fast yeah yeah, yeah it's, kind of, <laughs> it's fast. pretty crazy to look back on <laughs> actually brett brett Q just tagged me on a a Loretta Lynn's uh, Moto One finish board, um, and it's like Will Hahn, uh, Jimmy Albertson, um, Bowers, him, Jimmy Jonan, a couple other. It was kind of it was pretty funny. I did. So, Mark, out of all the guys that you raced against in motocross, who made it to the big leagues to Supercross that you never thought would? Oh, I never thought would. Um, was there anybody you, know, you I, raced that, that you raced against it that made it, you know, to the supercross level and that you thought maybe you didn't think would make it or, or that maybe not no. necessarily that you didn't think would, but just excelled. You didn't expect it. Their results. The, the biggest one would have been uh Dungy, <laughs> obviously <laughs> at the end. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. Uh, Dungy was always really good. Um, and you know, him and I actually had some battles at, uh, 
he beat me, but I, I was able to stay pretty close with him in uh, <laughs> at qualifiers for Loretta's out here. And, um, but, you know, and he, you know, then Roger decided to give him a, a chance. And it, it was really cool, actually, just to see that whole situation happen. He, like, just straight up went to DeCoster and said, hey, I want, I want to race for you. And somehow got a, a you know, a, a tryout. And DeCoster said, all right let's do it and let him go. And, you know, that was really crazy and cool to see happen, you know, cause that was him and I raced each other. We're the same age and he, uh, he, he excelled beyond most in the sport. And it, it was pretty cool to see that. Yeah. He was kind of That's successful. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah kind of. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. So that's cool to look back on. Um, and, you know, it, I was training with um, Kennard with Shannon Nyday. So it was like me, Jesse Nelson, Dean Wilson, and Trey, the last, his last year at Amateurs, and um, watched him go race and win that title his first year, his rookie year. That was really cool to be like, you know, we trained the year before that together and then watch him go do that and um yeah there there are some pretty cool times to uh as an amateur and watching all that stuff and being in in it with racing everyone at the time and stuff like that there's uh it's been kind of crazy and then dean dean and i are really good friends too i he was uh i was probably one of his first friends that he made over here in america when he first started coming over from canada and racing and uh Mm -hmm. we're still very close friends and um you know, I, it was really cool to see him make it. Cause I, so when I got, when I was about, I was 18, I just turned 18. Um, I had two ACLs happen. So I had a, a year at like, at Lake Whitney in 2006. I had a, I battled Bowers for a couple championships at Lake Whitney and Oak Hill, um, in the 450 intermediate class. And I had a pretty good year rolling and then I blew my knee out. Uh, right before World Minis, and then I didn't race Loretta's, and um, then I tried coming back the next year, blew my knee out again, and then that's when Dean was kind of excelling, so I was still going to the races with Dean, just kind of being there, helping him or whatever, Um, so I, after 2008, I uh, stopped racing, I uh, completely stopped racing, so it it was cool to see Dean continue on and do what he's done and is still doing, and um, but yeah, I, I pretty much had a hiatus at uh, after age eighteen till almost twenty one, and that's that's how I got into off road. Cool. What? Uh, who do you think's going to win Supercross this year? <laughs> Man, um, I hope Roxon. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, obviously, I'm a Honda guy, and uh, man, he looks good. The new bike looks really good. Uh, it as of right now, it's hard to bet against him. I would say. Yeah. yeah, he's looking really good. Yeah, and it's awesome the way what he's doing with what he's been through. So big yeah. fan. Yeah. So speaking of the new bike, how's how's the bike you guys are running this year? Uh, you, are you running the the RX? Yeah, yep. Yeah, we got the RX. Um, it the bike's a lot better. Um, just how it puts power to the ground, how the chassis uh, delivers power and it, it gives like a very forward moving 
uh, like out of corners. It, yeah, it's it's honestly pretty crazy. We we barely had time before the season. I, we kind of planned to just race the old bike at the beginning just because we had it figured out. But lap times with Cole were just so much faster, uh, just back to back, and without even having it figured out. My and Cole's like, I just want to race this thing. So we don't even have a tank yet. I actually picked up a bike from IMS today and they're really close with having a tank so i'm stoked on that we don't have an exhaust yet pc should have uh, something in the next week i think so we're uh and i don't have much parts or bikes i only have two of them right now so i'm like be nice to these things cold but the bike <laughs> the bike's good and show has been working their butt off and um i think we made a lot of progress uh the last last two weeks uh with having two rounds under us and um yeah and it's the bike, new bike's good. There's there there is a few little things that um uh with ECUs like trying to figure it out, but Twisted's got those pretty much all worked out for us. And uh yeah, the power, the power of the new motor is really good. Um yeah, so it's just suspension was a bit off uh off at, just off of production, so it's taken us a little while to get something dialed in. But I think we're there. Right on, cool. and that's the twenty one. That's the 21. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. Cool. Very cool. Well, going back a little bit, what, what made you get go crossover from motocross to, I guess, desert? Um, so yeah, I, so I, I had a, a lot of people knew me from motocross and then, you know, I took a hiatus and then I was hanging out with Dietrich and, um, Brandon Ritzman and Chris Johnson and those are all you know off-road guys and I we would just hang out like you know we were uh that's when we're 18 to 21 ish and 22 ish and that's when we're hanging out and having fun on the weekends together and all that stuff and um you know there's there was kind of a dip in the economy obviously in 08 so there wasn't really much money or anything to go do that. I, I had to go to work for my dad and really just help to get, keep the business going. And, um, that's what I did for a year and a half, two years. And then works was coming back around and Chris Johnson's like, why don't you race one? Like, right. Race the pro two race. And I was like, all right, that sounds kind of fun. So that's how I ended up. I just grabbed my old, motorbike and i rode out from my house to this little loop that i had and i kind of made like a longer loop and rode for two weeks i i don't out of been eight months before i rode a dirt bike at that point it was like i hadn't rode at all and so i just went out and practiced for two weeks and raced the first round and i couldn't believe how much fun it was and so i i was kind of hooked at that point to start racing some off-road that's cool. So that that was your first off road race. That was my first off road race, and then I did a couple of big sixes, cool. and then that's how I met Colton Udall and uh, him. So it was Kendall, and then me, and then Colton, and Kendall. We're at a prim, and Kendall hole shot it. I got second off the start, and then uh, Colton was right behind me. And me, Colton, Kendall kind of checked out from us, and then me. And Colton battled pretty good uh, for the first 45, 50 minutes until we had a pit. And then uh, I had like a, a regular five-gallon can. Like, we're just there, just dunk, 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 dunk. <laughs> he had a dump can. <laughs> so, he, you know, he made 20, 30 seconds on me in the pit. 
and when he he rode by he like he like gave me like oh man like what what are you doing and uh <laughs> i just had a buddy with me and we're just you know winging it I had no clue what the heck we're doing just going having fun racing a dirt bike and uh <laughs> after that on the podium well we're talking because i ended up third and colton uh you know he's like i'm gonna ask johnny he has one of those cherby ones uh dump cans that fit in the stock hole and it would work i'm gonna see if he'll give you one of those i'm like all right that'd be cool so he brought one to the next works round and for me and that's kind of where our uh, friendship started um and then then he someone asked him about a rider for baja and so he thought i mean that's how uh how i got introduced to baja racing in baja and um and then you know i since we were uh became friends i think the next round after that was 29 palms which was out by me so he stayed at my house and uh we went out to the race together and i ended up buying a honda and went and raced some baja stuff and he taught me a lot in baja and got me to know johnny and that whole crew and um you know i it was I was really lucky to be able to get you know shoot into that it you know that group um for baja and desert racing and you know it was uh i did two years so i, I raced two the Baja 500 and the thousand for the guy his name was adam newworth and then the next year and he yeah, adam's super nice he's pretty squirrely but he uh really <laughs> nice guy the next year i'm like i'm gonna start my own team i'm gonna race the pro class so um that's what i did and johnny helped me with some pits and tires and parts and we went out and i put a couple riders together and put it together and um went and raced and we got third and that it was pretty stacked that year too it was like ktm had two teams honda had two teams um cowie was down there and then there's a couple other teams that were involved that have been down there for a long time and we still got third. It was, um, I think Colton won and then Caselli and what's his name? Uh, Ivan Ramirez. And then my team. And then we still, mm. and then we did that. I think at the 500 as well. Um, and then, so yeah. And I did that two years and we ended up third overall in the championship and, you know, beat a couple of the factory teams and, um, and then, yeah. And then, at the year three, I got invited to go race the thousand because uh, David Calmo got hurt pre-running, and you know it was a week, two weeks before the race, and Johnny called me and asked if I could fill in for him. And I was like, absolutely, let's go. <laughs> and that was pretty crazy, though. That was a that was a really crazy race, and um, but yeah, that that was pretty cool to be able to be a part of that. So you fell in love with Baja. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's what everybody says. Eric races it every year, and I've yet to go, so that's on my bucket list. Yeah, you absolutely have to go. It it's something else, that's for sure. And it's uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's completely different than anything else, and it, it's uh, it's a blast for sure. Yeah. So you're kind of a big deal down there. How many times have you won that championship? So technically, I've I've won the thousand five <laughs> times. <laughs> uh personally on the bike and then we've won it six times but they we had the one taken away from us uh in 2017 i think it was 18 19 yeah tell us about that yeah that was (laughs) well that was the year so um that was yeah 2017 
that was the year that Colton got hurt uh, really bad and he broke his back and it was towards the end of the year. It was, I think it was right after the thousand actually. And we're going into the next year. So, um, you know, we struggled. It, it, I kind of had to take on everything and the whole responsibility of the team. Like my deal is I took care of sponsorships and, you know, we started Ox two and a half years or three years before, you know, up or two years before that. Um, and so I, I had to take on all the responsibility because he, he was, it was, it was bad. It was, uh, he's lucky to be where he's at right now. And, um, it, you know, it put a lot of on my shoulders to keep the team going. And I was, I, we did, we won San Felipe. And then, uh, that was uh, the year that Brabeck was on Cowie and they had a strong team with Justin Morgan, which is my teammate now. And, <laughs> you know, they had a really strong team yeah. and, I lost Colton and had a, had a lot more on my shoulders. So we, we struggled that year pretty hard. And then Colton came back for the thousand, um, Ian, and it was kind of a hell Mary, you know, we just, we were winging it. And I, I felt like I grew a lot as a racer down in Baja that year as well. And I was going really fast in Baja and, um, yeah, that, it, that was the last peninsula run as well. So that's, you know, 1200 and something miles and, it's uh that's that's the one you want to win i haven't got to win that one yet hopefully uh hopefully this year we could make that happen um but yeah so that was uh so colt colton took off so it was going to be colton off the start and then it's going to go to me and then it was going to go to um ian uh colton's brother and or justin jones wrote a, a small section actually or wrote a section in through San Felipe to me, but he was going to school. So he he could do a real big section, um, but he was going to help Colton because he was just coming back and, you know, he wasn't as strong as he was. So they, uh, they took off our tracker ended up breaking off at like the first hundred miles. Colton had a big crash because of it, got stuck in his bars, ripped it off. And it, it ended up costing us 30 minutes right off hundred miles into the race. And we're 30 minutes back. Wow. And I'm like, and I'm like, Oh man, you know, like, so that put some pressure on me and I think Colton uh, and Justin got it down to like 24 minutes when they got it to me. And uh, I actually, I reeled it all the way back in, in my, I had 300 and something miles and I got us back like five minutes behind the lead um, with, you know, 300 and something miles to go. So we were, we were close. Um, and I'm like, all right, we're like, we're in it. And, you know, actually, Ryan Pinhall raced with us also. He went, he rode through Laredo down into um, Constitution. So you guys caught up within, like, five minutes? Yeah, so we, we were somewhere pretty close to that, five minutes. And then uh, I I handed the bike. There's, yeah, 400 miles left to the race, you know, and we're, you know, we're back in the race. And uh, <laughs> we're uh, down by Laredo. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And uh, and. I forgot actually uh Ryan Pinnell raced with us too. So he he got on the bike there and he went down to Constitution um and took it to Ian Young, which is Colton's little brother. Um he's a really good rider. Uh he's actually a really, really good rider. He he gets a little a little sidetracked sometimes, but uh if you kept Look him a butterfly. Focused, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you kept him focused, he that kid could could go dang fast and uh you know so he uh we were only i think we lost a little bit of time in the next section and then he was on the bike and think we're, we're still within 10 minutes which is still close with 
300, 250 miles or 200 miles to go. And, um, he, he was pinning it and, uh, he actually, Justin Morgan was on the bike on the, uh, the other bike and, um, he, he was making time up, you know, every pit that we're talking. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, he made a, a pass with 60 miles to go. And it sounded like, uh, Justin actually ended up hitting a cow, um, and oh. it kind of dam damaged the bike a little bit. And then he, um, he ended up losing, I think, fourth gear in his transmission too. So, and you know, that's, that's part of Baja. You, you know, you started, uh, and that, that very well could have been us, you know, we were pushing the bike with being that far back and you know, that's part of racing ball. You have to preserve your bike, but, uh, um, right. yeah. So they, they had ended up having a little few issues the last 200 miles and Ian rode really good. And, uh, yeah, so he, he came into the finish line and he was a little amped up and popped a wheelie and, uh, met, went a little too far coming into the, into the stage and uh lost the front end going up to up the podium ramp and <laughs> and the bike flew across the finish or the finish stage and uh people were jumping off of it it wasn't pretty it really sucked it's uh yeah i remember that <laughs> yeah it was crazy i i didn't even know it happened so when i got to the podium i was 30 minutes behind the bike from where i was chasing and went in and uh, was there and um so i didn't even know it happened so i got there you know we're celebrating and then it slowly came out like that happened i'm like wait what <laughs> <laughs> and then oh. uh video video starts surfacing and yeah and i'm like oh man and then so after 1200 miles of racing and uh us giving her all they ended up taking penalizing us one position and giving us second place overall so oh. i should have seven wins but i got five to my name <laughs> yeah i noticed sick. on your uh instagram you got 5.5 <laughs> yeah i call i count it as a half <laughs> oh man yeah and then last year was i should have been on the bike as well but i broke both my femurs uh what was it four weeks or six weeks before the thousand so that was uh, a little setback how's that coming along uh it's going pretty good i i got really lucky um i got a really good doctor that was in the hospital at that time and she did a great job and um my wife was uh, awesome and helped me get back to health and uh, i had a lot of good people that helped me uh with therapy and stuff and i hit it really hard so i mean it, it definitely is a setback and i don't i'm not what i was but i'm pretty dang good so yeah. it, it doesn't really bother me honestly it's just it took you know, a year out of me and, you know, that the base that I've built over the last 10 years racing off-road and racing took a bit out of me. And so I have to build that back up, but I, uh, you know, my role's kind of changing a little bit as well. I'm, I'm about to have a kid and stuff like that. So, uh, right. priorities have changed and I'm, uh, you know, I, I manage the team as well on, uh, as well as racing too. So, that uh i give a lot into my my work some big six guys and now national hair and hounds with justin so um yeah so you know priorities start changing once you start getting a little older right right <laughs> <laughs> yeah we had justin on on the show a few episodes ago he seems like a really good kid yeah yeah justin's cool and uh actually it's kind of crazy him and i raced our very first baja race together that that team that uh colton linked me up with he was on that team as well so him and i raced our very first ball race together on the same team and then yeah 
then we ended up being two uh two top guys down there eventually yeah yeah that's awesome you guys are kicking butt yeah so <laughs> kind of cool <laughs> so where were you at when you broke your your femurs were you glenn helen i think i saw i was yeah i was at glenn helen and uh i hadn't been really riding much over the summer um mainly just because we were working on uh work stuff and you know when it starts getting time to the season time to contract season you know i it takes a lot of effort and time and um so i wasn't riding much and i'm like you know i i need to start cranking some time out if i need be ready for the thousand so we were actually gonna race the 24 hour uh, which is a month before the thousand that was going to be kind of my uh get back into all this racing together and um so i was pushing to get ready for that and i just i pushed a little too soon and i was riding really good but i i just mentally got tired i caught my foot off the lip and you know i wasn't riding all the balls in my feet and it yanked me off my my bike off this massive hip jump that had a massive landing that momentum uh carried pretty heavily down when i started crashing so that uh yeah it was is pretty ugly but yeah the the pictures were pretty impressive yeah I, <laughs> yeah i it's funny i i ran into a couple people and it, it was like six months ago and they're like i watched the whole thing and i had to turn around because i thought you died i'm like yeah yeah, yeah it was gnarly <laughs> but i the crazy thing is i remember going off the lip like like i remember catching my foot and being oh crap and I, tr- I remember being in the air trying to bring it back. Like, I got really close to getting back onto the bike and, like, riding it off. Um, but I landed just a couple seconds too early, and it just pitched me. And, um, yeah, it, it, I, I remember the flips even. Like, I remember flipping five times head over heels um, and coming to a, to a stop and <laughs> – I remember laying on the ground and being like, that hurt really bad. <laughs> and thinking in my head, like, I'm going home. Like, today is not the day. To <laughs> and I, I went to get up, and that's when I felt them. And I was like, oh, wow. holy crap. So they were like, I was actually on my bike. One of my legs was up on my bike. Actually, both of them were. Um, and I ended up grabbing my shin and my thigh and pulling my legs off of uh, the bike because they were up and they're pivot making a the brake pivot right you know right in the middle of my femurs and so i i didn't like that feeling so i ended up literally picking my legs up off and flattening them down onto the ground before anyone got to me and then wow. <laughs> yeah so that was a, a hell of a time for sure and that was during the 24 hour right that no was- it was getting ready for it um, oh, okay so you're just yeah, like practicing? i was just there on a thursday practice yep dang it we're yeah. glad you're back back at it man doing all right yeah thanks me too for oh. sure i uh it took so a little what, time but we're good so tell us what happened to ox motorsports and how you came to slr honda or yeah uh so ox colton um you know we did that last year that the race that we just talked about uh was the last ox motorsports race um as a team and he uh he he was you know injured and it was a lot for him he wanted to move back down by his family he was having a kid um and i wanted to keep racing and 
so, but, and there was kind of some, a little bit of uh, disagreements on things. And, um, but so we just, you know, ended up finishing the team so he could go do his thing. And, um, and then I came up with SLR and I approached all the sponsors and told them like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to do this. And I had switched from some sponsors and got, was able to, had a good relationship with Honda and monster and they decided to stick with me, which was, uh, really awesome. And it's been uh, a blessing for sure. So, and that's what I was able to start up SLR and I've, uh, busted my butt to keep it going and keep building it. And, uh, yeah, now we got SLR Honda. Well, you've done an amazing job at that. And, uh, you're very successful. So my question is, how do you, I mean, tell our, tell our listeners, how, how do you maintain your sponsorships and how do you gain new sponsorships to build a team like what you've done? Um, you know, it, it, it is tough. It's really tough to be able to find funding and do this. You know, at the end of the day, this is just a hobby. Um, you know, and obviously there's sponsors that want to sell product and, you know, there's a way, ways of doing that. It's, you know, having teams and having people that have to show off their product that it's uh, either the best product or the, the product that, you know, people want. For us, it's, you know, it's a product that's going to last and it, it's the best quality out there, you know, is what we go for. Um, so, you know, you put that on us, we went a ball 1000 and that means that's, one of the best products out there you know not many things can last for a thousand miles and uh you know that that's a definitely a big part of american honda you know they uh why they've won so many times down in mexico is because they have very good product you know maybe people you know say it's not the lightest or it's not the fastest but it's you know it's the most solid and uh you know honda makes a very good quality so for a team, that's kind of our basis is uh, that, but also, um, you know, you have to be respectful and you have to show a good image and all that comes with a team. So um, it, it's, it's what I do as a role. It's definitely a, a lot like as a racer and a team owner. Um, <laughs> I don't think many people could do it. It, yeah it's safe to say it's like running a business i mean it's a oh, ton of work 100%. and building relationships yep. and showing value and yeah yep, yep. no it's it's 100 percent. i i run it as a business 100 percent. and um you know luckily really i i do um you know we i didn't get a race from 18 to 20 at all and you know in that time my dad threw me in the workforce and made me go uh you know i i cleaned deep fryers he had a business that cleaned and um filtered deep fryer oil and that's so i was in 350 degree <laughs> deep fryers cleaning them and filtering the oil and had to deal with the kitchen uh staff and you know learn you know he, he threw me into like you know selling and showing um what we do and you know like that whole skill set and you know luckily i think that was a big part for me down the road like at the time it sucked i'm like ah what the... i'm doing this instead of racing dirt bikes but it really kind of <laughs> kind of led me uh I, it was a blessing in disguise it led me to being able to turn what i love into a business and uh it, it definitely blows me away to see what i'm doing now like 
someone would have told me that at 15. I'm like, what? Nah. <laughs> I remember right, Ryan yeah. Dungey, I'll be retired at 26. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, it's awesome to it's awesome to watch what you've done. And I mean, you've teamed up with some big big names in off-road and I mean you've been very successful in your own racing and stuff and just cool to see the content you guys put out too some of the videos that you guys are putting together for SLR Honda it's always fun to follow and um yeah it's inspiring I think it's cool to see our you know top level off-road racers uh getting support like that and and having a solid program and i mean i know it's you know kudos to you guys for putting in the work and and uh anyway it's pretty awesome yeah thanks no it it is it's crazy to to see and uh yeah like when we were starting starting ox it was it was tough and it still is tough to get sponsors and build relationships but you know um yeah i'm always looking for something else to do like you said those you know, we have all the new vlog videos that we've been doing for SLR. Been trying to do like one a week, um, just kind of showing what we're doing. I think uh, just showing the off-road sport and what's going on. You know, Supercross has so much uh, exposure with television and video. Like a lot of them do their own video series, their own social media. Uh, you know, it's hard. You kind of get swallowed up by that with uh, off-road if it's not exciting. Or it's just there's so much eyes on that. So it's like trying to – I always been trying to think of um, a way to bring that to the sport. And, you know, like I got Zach Bell. I was the one that brought him into off-road. And, um, you know, that brought a lot of eyes from that, that arena over to us and built – you know, and I he won a championship under me and – um. You know, so, and, you know, if you would have talked to anybody, everybody, everybody thought I was crazy to let Zach race off-road. Like, he can't last 20 minutes. And, you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's a different mindset. And, you know, it, it's just how people work with together. And him and I worked really well. And, um, yeah, so I think that was a big part for, like, kudos to me and respect that people gave me after I made that happen. And, you know, it's just thinking outside the box. How can you make the sport grow as well as your team and always doing something new and, you know, just try to keep building the sport. And it's crazy to see where it's been going over a, a salary wasn't even a thing <laughs> when I was racing works in big six. Like Ricky Dietrich and uh, Caselli were kind of the end of that <laughs> that era. And, uh, right. you know, now it's getting back to that. And it, it's pretty cool to see it right right yeah do you talking about your motocross again do you miss the motocross or do you wish you would have stayed on that road or are you you happy with the the road you took with off-road no i i'm uh i'm definitely happy with the road i i've taken uh you know i i think i could have been a pretty good uh racer if it all fell in place <clears throat> um i think i have a lot of drive and heart for the sport and but it just, the cards didn't work out and they did for off-road. And so I, yeah, there's no regrets. Like it's cool to see my friends uh, and guys that I used to race with do good. And, you know, Weston Pike was another good, good buddy that we always hung out at races and stuff. And, you know, he, he put an effort and 
grinded his butt off to uh, become what he was and as a racer and uh you know it was really cool to see that and i feel like that was kind of me in the off-road world and uh but i you know i i think the off-road industry is just so much more not mainstream and so much more like real uh you know you get into some of the supercross stuff and you know there's so much influence and different aspects and people want to be cool and want to be and there's a lot of cool people and down to earth people, but there's a lot more people there for the show than just wanting to be at off road at a race. And that's where off road is like people are there cause they love dirt bikes and that's where I come from. So, um, right. I, yeah, for sure. If you would have asked me when I was 16, I was like, I don't want to get off road. But once I did, I'm <laughs> like, wow, okay, this is, I, I really wish I did grand prix as an amateur. Cause I think it would have made me a, hell of a lot better of a motocross racer and it, it might have changed of what i ended up doing as a racer too but uh no i think i ended up where i needed to be yeah i'm glad you're that way <laughs> you took this road yeah <laughs> well let's flip-flop that how has your motocross experience helped your desert racing uh definitely big i think if you were just a desert racer going to motocross it's probably honestly impossible uh motocross was very good for skill set and racing experience and um you know i was put in a lot of pressure situations going to loretta's and whitney and oak hill and you know all those and uh so you go to like a a off-road race it's it's nothing (laughs) like in retrospect i mean you go to the bottom of a thousand years that's like nothing else you know that's pretty it's always scary even to this day, it's scary for me every race just because you don't know what, you know, the unknown. But, um, no, motocross was a big part of what, for me, becoming what I have in off-road. Yeah. Yeah. So, I got another question on your, you know, your bikes and stuff, your your deal with Honda. Mm-hmm. How are you involved in product development at all with, with that rx or the x no. bikes, or is it just kind of what you get is what you got yeah um it's been growing into that that's more johnny's uh program especially now so it's pretty cool um honda's kind of been expanding and growing trying to make things a little bit better for our teams because it was yeah it was just like here's some bikes go figure it out kind of thing <laughs> and and we would uh mm-hmm. and that but Johnny, Johnny's very good at developing bikes and he's been a part of a lot of bikes and now that's part of his role. So he, you know, he gets to take Preston out racing, um, and be at events and helps Tara and all them when they do. And he gets to look over a Brabeck when he's here. Um, and then also now it's part of, he gets, he comes and helps, he'll do test days with us. Um, and I could bounce ideas off him. Um, you know, and it's, uh, it's kind of cool to see Honda's kind of coming. We're coming together and trying to make a program for off-road to be as successful as we can across the board. You know, um, there's GNCC. Uh, there's a Phoenix team back there. Uh, that's just like my SLR team out here. Um, and, you know, KTM and Husky and <clears throat> Cowie now, you know, they put big efforts, big money into this now into off-road racing and, uh, it's tough, especially at a GNCC race to beat them or out here against Taylor Roberts and now Dante. 
So, you know, they put big yeah. efforts and it's what we need to do. It's the right path for, for American Honda to be able to compete and try to win some championships. So it, it's pretty cool where we're at. Yeah, it's good for the sport. You know, you look at even betas, it's got a pretty good support yep. program and, and like you said, KTM, Cowie, all those guys. So, no, it's good for the sport to have that that competition and, and that t- level of yeah. support. To, and then to even you – know, now we have Showa, uh, like in our deals directly with Showa Factory, and they help us with – they give us suspension. They give us tech support, and, you know, that's definitely a next level. And that's never really been in the off-road industry at all um, for Honda or yeah, Cali, you know. So it's like – I, that one blows me away. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's really cool. And, um, yeah, it just shows there's, there's support coming into the sport and the sports, uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. It's going to take it to new levels with that type of R and D and effort. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah. So what, what all, um, organizations is your team racing like for 2021? What, which ones are you racing, uh, Heron Hound and Ball? So this or? year, um, <clears throat> we got Works and NGPC, and so we Cole Martinez is the 450 Pro, and then Talon LaFontaine's the 250 Pro, and then I have two support riders that that's new this year because I've always just kind of sport two racers um, for those series, but now I have some support riders, which is Evan Stice. He races the A class and the Am Pro. And then Alan Mendelson, he races the same classes also. So, and that's something that I uh, talked to Han about. Like, we need to do some kind of support program to start bringing these guys up. Like KTM Husky, they grab these kids young, and you you can't get a Dante or a Taylor late in the game, or you're gonna have to spend crazy money. And uh, right. so that's something new this year with doing that. And then Justin wanted to race Hare and Hound, so. We're doing some Heron Hounds, the whole Heron Hound series. And then um, we're not going to do the whole score series this year. Um, <clears throat> we'll probably be at the 400 or the 500 and then the 1,000. Um, but mainly just focusing on the 1,000 for uh, that. And we'll do maybe like 24-hour also. Okay. Cool. A lot going yeah, on. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of yeah. events. <laughs> And that's why we're not really doing score full season. Um, it takes a lot to do that. It takes a lot of money. Um, for me to go to San Felipe and the 500, I could do literally the cost is pretty much what uh, NGPC and works is to go do for the year. So it's like two events to 20 events. <laughs> so yeah, you know, sure. there's more, wow. there's more people, there's more bikes at these races. There's more people riding at these events now. So, um, that's kind of why we're taking that direction. There's, there's more people there and, you know, bike sales at the end of the day is where, where it's at for, for all of us and in the masses and, um, being where the competition is. Right. Any women on your team or ever thought about doing a women's class? No, or uh, I have thought about it. It would be pretty cool, um, but it, it hasn't really worked out yet. So, um, yeah, maybe maybe down the road. Cool. Well, Ashley's here. She'll go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, 
I'm going to uh, sell her to you. <laughs> no, I have, you know, I've thought about that for sure. It, it would be cool to have uh, a chick on the team. And um, I think hopefully that, that side starts building some more, you know, back in the day, it was pretty dang big with outdoors when they had the pro women's series. And then maybe we could get that going in the off-road series. It'd be uh, pretty cool to see it grow on, on that side. Yeah, it, yeah, se- it sure. seems like the women are starting to to evolve or or get get bigger. I guess. Yep. It seems like there's a lot more women involved. Yeah, for now. sure. So, so that. hopefully that kind of keeps growing because I think, you know, for I think they have a better spot in off road racing. It's more humble and it's more down to earth racing and real racing over you know being a, the middle show at outdoor national and like what they were trying to do. And I thought that was, it was cool at the time, but I think, I think something could be made of in the, uh, the off-road industry for uh, women's racing. No, definitely. Dakar, cool. um, you've been to Dakar as I did, well, yeah, right? 2018. So right when that the thousand that Ian uh, lost it across the finish line, and then I left for Dakar right after that, and um, that was the start of SLR. <laughs> was the first race really? <laughs> um, yeah, wow. and that that was cool. I I was very 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 unprepared. Um, I rode Sonora Rally, and I think I rode like three road books before I went to Dakar, and after the thousand, I got to ride my. Um, it was actually Ricky's old practice bike and they had him a fresh one. So they let me ride that for, I think it was three days. So I kind of got the hang of it before I went over there and I just went and won it. And, uh, I ended up 21st overall, but I had first day actually probably, I feel like I probably could have been maybe a top 10, 15th to top to 10th. If, uh, but I, I ended up launching off a dune on the first stage that was 20, yeah. 30, 30 feet. It was tall. It was really tall. It scared the hell out of me. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, wow. and it was only like five kilometers into the, the race, the first day, first stage. And it, it just dropped off 30 feet and then it came back up and I just faced into that next one. Um, I got back up and finished. Mm-hmm. I still qualified, I think, uh, 18th or something on that because that was the prologue day the first day um and it was a short stage uh-huh. and i yeah i was still inside the top 20 and but i i messed my elbow up really bad and i blew my back out really bad like i could barely stand i couldn't stand on the bike for uh so we we took off and peru into all the sand dunes and i um couldn't stand and i could barely I couldn't stand because I couldn't put pressure on my elbow and I couldn't stand because my lower back was so bad. Uh, I, yeah, I had to have compressed. I still have issues with my elbow from that. Um, and my lower back, I had to have compressed my lower back or I don't know. I didn't get checked out and I wasn't not, not going to race, but actually, uh, this guy, Anthony Rodriguez, he used to ride on like Geico Honda, um, back when it was, I think Amsoil Honda. Uh, and then he was racing it. He did it he was two bikes after me. He launched off of it. He actually ended up breaking his back. Um, yeah. So it, it was uh, a pretty serious thing and I still was able to finish, but I lost a ton. I lost about two hours. So like day three, um, my, uh, 
my road my road book i forget what they call it but it's like the thing that tells you that you hit your waypoints wasn't plugged in um it didn't get tightened all the way and i couldn't tell if i was hitting my vcps or well wpcs or whatever they were waypoints um and i missed one and it was our penalty and it sucked because I was in the area, but I was staying out of the dust from a guy because it was a silty section. But I didn't know it would have pointed me to it, you know, if it was uh, plugged in. And I figured, I, oh, I'll just stay close to this guy and I'll be good. But just I missed it by a couple feet and got an hour penalty. And then I got it plugged back yeah. in. And then it like as it caught back up to what everything I hit, because there's another one on there. So it was like as it was booting up, I was, you know, probably another 30 minutes down the trail after it got plugged in. And it all of a sudden was telling me I missed a waypoint. I'm like, crap. And it was right when I was on top of another waypoint. Um, so I thought I was missing that waypoint. It wasn't picking it up, but it was the one that was 100 miles behind me. And so I'm, I sat there for almost an hour trying to figure out why it wasn't picking it up. And then I ended up skipping it and then riding. And then it, it acted up again. And so I was just lost. And I lost, yeah, over an hour physical time and then another hour penalty i was like 103rd or 123rd something like that i was way back on day three and barely couldn't stand couldn't wow. <laughs> so i uh yeah that was rough i had i had to fight my way back and i started feeling a little bit better um i could stand through like half the day and then the last second half i'd have to sit pretty much for the whole ride and sitting down through big sand dunes is really tough like i got stuck a lot because of it and um so it was a big fight, but at, uh, I made it to, so I made it to the halfway point. We got, and I got some therapy done, got a day off and I, I felt good after decent after that. I could like race the whole day, but I would be smoked by the end. Um, and then I started making some pretty good times. I, I think I got two or three top 10 days. Um, I think I got a seventh was my best day um in a stage at the end and then yeah i got back to 21st overall um by the end of it but yeah it was mm. it was a crazy experience it was a long race crazy wow. long race <laughs> yeah it's crazy any desire to um, ever go back there's definitely some desire especially just because i know i would really like to be on it in the top 10 in that race once but we'll see um like we we talked earlier you know life kind of goes different directions so there if if the opportunity comes i'm definitely in to do it again um but right now just that's one of justin's big uh things that he wants to do and so i'm gonna try to that's his goal he's gonna go do sonora rally this year try to win the entry and i'm gonna try helping him put it all together and maybe i'll try to go for a little bit of it and help him and I don't know, maybe if it works out for me to go, maybe I'll, I'll do it again too. So we'll, we'll see, but I, I want to help Justin cool. go do it. That's kind of my, my goal and drive right now for him for as in Dakar, not necessarily for myself. It's more for, yeah. for Justin. Yeah. Yeah. He was telling us about that. That's yep. one of his big goals. So it's very cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. So hopefully, I don't know. We'll see if I get to go back or not, but I, uh, We'll we'll see. <laughs> I've done it once, and that's more than most could say. So that's cool. <laughs> it's 
crazy where really dirt bikes is. take yeah, us. I got it. You know, it was kind of crazy. I um, I got to go race Argentina motocross and some off road stuff. When I first, I did some training with Ryan Hughes, um, and his brother was living in Argentina. So I, when I first started racing off road, I got to go down there and make a little bit of money go racing. That was like the first time I ever really kind of made some money racing. Um, and yeah, it, it's crazy. Look back on that. I, I got to go there twice. And then this year, or when I went to Dakar, I finished in Argentina. And uh, yeah, it is crazy where dirt bike can't take you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, go back mm-hmm. a little bit to Baja. Every. We, it seems like we talk about Baja a lot with a lot of our guests, probably because it's on my bucket list and <laughs> right. Eric goes there every year. But uh, everybody that goes there, we we try to ask them a crazy, funny story that's happened in Baja. Do you uh, have one? Huh. I mean, I'm sure there's a ton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, I can't think of one off the top of my head. That I'd want to say at least. <laughs> right. Why does everybody say that? Oh. Um, <laughs> what happens yeah, in Baja there's... stays in Baja. Man, what, what can I say? Let's see. There has to be something. I'm sure I'll think of it once we get off the phone or something. I'll be like, huh. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, Baja's just, Baja's pretty funny. You get, you know, there's. There's a Parisonoche down there after the race, and you you always end up there with your friends, and there's always funny stuff happening there, and um, just I don't know. And then also, there's also like some of the most random times that happen in Baja that I don't know. There, it, it's been ten years now that I've been racing down there, and yeah, there's I I flash back <laughs> on stuff that happens all the time. Like, oh man, I forgot about that. That was funny, or that was cool, or that was that was random. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, it, it's definitely <laughs> out of Baja. I'm going to definitely have the most have, memories of racing for sure. Have you ever been stranded? Um, I broke my humerus on the backside of the summit one year, the first year that we started Ox, first day pre running, and there wasn't anyone out there. Well, there's a few, but so I got <laughs> that was that was a crazy story. So I pre-ran over the summit not have you ever been over the summit yeah i have i I raced that section last year so uh, yeah summit's pretty much one of the most desolate areas of the race course you know so i super 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 remote so i was at the bottom of summit all the way down to the end of the wash and you like kind of go up onto the hard pack high speed rocky square edge section and you're following that big wash and then uh, I think yep. it's Cabuzo Junction where it makes the right and you drop down into that wash and cross back over to start heading back towards uh, Laguna Salada. And um, it, it happened right yep. in that corner. I dropped down into that wash and I clipped a rock and went over the bar straight straight to my arm. And I, um, it's kind of like my femur thing where I hit the ground I'm like, damn, that hurt. And I, tried, I went to get up and I couldn't move my arm. I'm like, that's weird. And I got myself up with my other arm. And then it's just dangling there. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I ended up trying to get back onto my bike. I tucked my hand into my pants <laughs> and got, picked my bike up one-handed and got on the bike. And my hand 
fell out of my pants and it, it's just dangling there but i almost had my bike up and i like, just had to push through my arm dangling and got it up and then i had to grab my arm and put it back into my pants and like almost fainted like literally almost fainted i had to sit on my bike and just be oh. like, start breathing and then i'm like okay and it was um it was my clutch side so i ended up having a clutch and then I go to fire my bike, and that bike had the uh, clutch switch on it, where you have to pull the clutch in <laughs> to start the bike. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> uh-huh. and so I had to hit my clutch down, <laughs> pick it up with my knee to get the clutch switch and fired the bike up. And then I just had to drop it into gear. And I, I'm in whoops, so I'm like riding. All of a sudden, I'm probably 10 whoops in, and then all of a sudden, my hand mm. comes out of my pants, and it's just my arm just flapping. And I'm just like... Yeah. Oh my god. And I'm god. like, oh yeah. You're making yeah. me cringe. I almost fainted again. So I stopped, grabbed my arm, like get it under control again. And I'm like, what am I gonna do? Like, I'm in the worst scenario ever. And then luckily about ten minutes later, a bug or uh two sandrails start coming and I could hear them from because you could see down this this uh wash for a long time and you see the dust coming so i'm like okay so i seen that and waited for them to get there i laid down in the middle of the course and just like tried breathing and they showed up and they were locals um they were racing but they were locals and they didn't know any english i didn't know any spanish and i'm like trying i like wave them down stop them i'm like giving like the chop sign to like my my humorous like it's broke I'm, like it's broke <laughs> and then i so they ended up getting <laughs> putting me into the sandrail, which was really, really hard to get into with a broken arm like that. And I, uh, <laughs> so there, and then that really rough ride too. Like the thing had probably four inches of travel, it felt like. And <laughs> so we're hitting all these whoops, and I'm just trying to hold my arm still. And yeah, it, it's crazy that, like, cause. You, you feel you try like just your mental like mentally you're trying to control your arm from moving like that so your top part of your arm is moving like trying to control the rest of it but it's not attached so it's just the top part moving. <laughs> Dude, that's so, and so i'm God. like trying to hold that with my other arm and two hours <laughs> later the guy the guy that yeah ended well... up riding my bike is smoked and we're only 30 miles to like where we need to get to it's not like crazy far but it's like it's really rough to there so he only made it and it's like two hours and he only made it probably halfway and we're stopped there and a guy rolls up um his name's oscar we're friends now (laughs) and he he's like what's going on i'm like (laughs) oh i broke my broke my arm so he actually finally relayed to those guys like hey this is what's going on with them and then so taught like translated for us and he's like your bike's back there the guy said he can't go any further he's like five miles back but he can't ride any further i'm like and i told him like tell him i can't go backwards like i need to get back to the dry lake bed so i get out to my uh my car and it's like my arm snapped in half and the guy wasn't listening and he's like no he's going back for his buddy like he was not leaving him there and I'm like, oh, okay. And he goes to fire it up and the fuel pump goes out. So it won't fire up anymore. So, yeah. So I'm like, oh, I was like, oh. thank God. Like, I didn't want to go five miles and then five miles again. <laughs> um, and then, so he, 
Oscar ends up riding out to there's a Baja pit on that dry lake bed and told them like, Hey, can you go back and get them? So, you know, whatever it is, 40 minutes later, hour later, they show back up, they show up with their truck and it's this old Ford truck four by and hook it up and they throw me in the, into the front of the truck and we're towing them back and he ends up taking the wrong turn and I'm like, no, no, turn. And he's like, oh, crap. And just whips it into these sand dunes that are like two feet tall with bushes on them. And he just hammers down. And he's in fourth. He's towing this guy. And we're just going like two feet up in the air, coming back down. He's like, and then the guy in the back's like trying to hold me down so I'm not bouncing around. And we're just wide open through these sand dunes so we don't get stuck. And like, the chains like just yanking on the truck because like that truck would or the buggy would hit the, the sand dune and yank on it and then we'd hit a sand dune it it was the most insane day of my life it took it was four hours by the time we got to but luckily where I, the fuel pump came out i got a phone call on my on my phone it started ringing which was really random because it was in the middle of nowhere it was my buddy dan and he's like so i told him what was going on and he called colton and TJ and they got a hold of my chase driver because my chase driver was where there's no service. They came around and they were all there to pick me up four and a half hours or whatever later. And yeah, that so that's my craziest probably story for me for Baja being stranded. Yep. Yeah, that's gnarly, dude. But out there remote, what do you do? You're alone. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Well, I guess that's a pretty good Baja crazy story. So <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty passed. good one, I think. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't have to ever do that again. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right? no kidding. Oh, man. <sighs> um, so, we'll ask you a few questions, I guess, and we'll just go off of them. You have, a like, a merchandise line or something, too, right? Yeah, Slam, slam Life. Or, yeah. Or, what is that? Slam yeah, Life? That- Tell us about that. What what's that stand so that, for? Where, so where did you come up with that? Even another funny and weird small circle is um, Damon Conkright is a good friend of mine, and he worked for Pro Circuit at, back in the amateur days. Um, and he would be at the races helping with support and like testing or uh, jetting and all that stuff. And him and I became good buddies. Uh, and that's actually Dean's. Dean Wilson, the mechanic now at Husky. Um, but so, and he used to help me on the side with uh, doing motors and stuff like that and help build bikes and kind of, he taught me a lot and he's like, you need to go with, you need a nickname. He's like, Slamuels. <laughs> and that's where it all, that all, how it all started. <laughs> and then just hanging out with friends, uh, Slam Life yeah. came, came up and then, uh, and Damon actually is still a part of Slam Life with me, and we've we've been pushing it uh, the last year quite a bit. And you know, he he's always been on me like, you need to do something with it, you need to do something with it. And I, I've always hashtagged it for a long time, and uh, so now that's kind of a that's it's just kind of my uh, yeah my brand that I've started, and Damon helps me out with it, and uh, that's SLR Slam Life Racing, and that's just kind of been my motto and been a playoff of slamuels and my last name and uh you know slam life is just kind of uh the motto of get out get out there and get after it do something and uh you know kind of 
how I live and just go for it and figure it out. And that, yeah. So that, and it's just kind of a, a brand now. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. We'll have to look into that. Check a little it bit. out. Maybe you, order some you swag. Use my discount code uh, <laughs> MS15 for 15% off. M- MS of Mark what was Sano, it again? my initials, 15. Yeah. So, and then it's just okay. slamlife.com. Cool. Right on. So, um, when you're not on the bike or when you're not organizing bike stuff, what, what are you doing for fun? Is there any other um, activities you're involved in or not really? <laughs> it's, it's mainly dirt bikes or it's around <laughs> surrounded by, um, you know, we do mountain biking and I golf a decent amount, not as much as I wish I could. I do like golfing, but, um, no, everything's pretty much surrounded by dirt bikes. And I, uh, I also have, I have an Airbnb that I run up here um, and I'm actually getting ready to build a house. So I keep myself pretty busy when I, outside of dirt bikes too. Very cool. No uh, <laughs> deep fry now, thank oil God. filtering. We, uh, <laughs> we sold that. I think it's 2015. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, yeah, have a look back. <laughs> probably get weird feelings when you drive well, by especially McDonald's when i'm down in like palm huh? springs and <laughs> go by the uh the restaurants that we used to do is like oh, i look the other way you know Ex- like an old ex-girlfriend you're like oh man <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny oh man so um who, who's been your biggest influence in racing who, who's who been there since the beginning or who do you look up to um, now or then or you know i don't know to be honest i uh you know like i there's a <laughs> lot of people really i guess um you know johnny was pretty but i i really didn't pay attention to off-road like i i did a little bit um but once I got into off-road, I did kind of study what he's done and stuff like that and tried putting myself around him. Um, and it's been hard at, <laughs> at times. He, he he won't let me in totally. Now we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty good now. But I've always really wanted to be a part of Johnny's team, and I got to be a part of it a little bit for one year, and um, that was really cool. And um, I'm, it's pretty cool to have him you know, on my side now and we kind of work together. And then, but back in the day growing up, like McGrath was really cool to watch. And then, but I've always kind of just been on my own program. Like as like, you just look at stuff and kind of wanted to do it and just plug away at it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right on. Well, um, I guess we're really close to coming to an end, but um, I guess before we go, give us five things in your bucket list. With racing or just in general? (laughs) Um, I don't know, both, Uh, I guess. (laughs) You give us two lists, I guess, if you want. (laughs) Pretty much all uh, comes down, I'm sure, to the same thing. So 
five things on the bucket list. I, I mean, I've man with racing, I've really done uh, everything I've wanted to with, especially off road, going to Dakar, winning ball one thousands, um, and winning the races I have. You know, that's been pretty cool and blessed. Um, you know, sometimes I don't think I'm too old to maybe go do an outdoor national, possibly. Um, so, it, you know, yeah. it, Dean, Dean gives me crap. He's like, oh, you've never even raced <laughs> outdoor. You did all of it. I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm like, I don't care, but maybe. <laughs> so, um, but it's kind of cool because I could. There you uh, go. I've thought about going back to Loretta's and doing 30 plus and 25 plus and then going and doing an outdoor national after that. Um, and actually I was, I was really going to do that last year. Um, and then I did my femurs and that set that back. I was kind of going to do a push at, that was going to kind of be my, uh, my carrot is going and doing Loretta's and then a couple outdoors. Um, and since I've done my legs, I, I don't know, it's not a, drive but i still think about it so maybe maybe i might do something like that um and then the other bucket list i've, I've always been really into real estate so and i've been kind of starting that and um i'm i should be breaking ground on my first house uh next week i'm hoping and yeah so i'm i'm pretty excited about that cool thank you yeah Very and cool. congrats so that's kind of one of my bucket lists that i've had for a long time um as just a personal thing and wanting to, you know, maybe that's my next step after uh, racing is over. Um, and I, I would like to have a, I'd like to see my team win some works and I've won some NGPC championships with the team. So I'd like to have a works championship and, um, you know, grow, maybe grow a kid, uh, maybe one of my amateur kids into uh, being a works champion or something like that. And, just keep keep winning some championships as the for the team. That's uh, yeah. I don't know. Just keep plugging away at everything and make Very a new cool. goal every year. Nice. I think you're on the right road. So I think you got. You got yeah, think, we'll, I think we'll you have see things at figured the end out, of it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. It is. It is. It is a sickness. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll get in a trophy truck someday. Well, Mark, it's been on. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah, that's always a good transition. That's right. <laughs> With age comes a cage. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll never guys be are all wrong, bike, but I want to mind getting myself <laughs> behind a steering wheel of a trophy truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Well, awesome show, Mark. We appreciate you coming on, giving us some time, and uh, good luck in your future Thanks, endeavors. Guys. And good yeah. luck this season. Anything you want to throw no, out? No, I think we covered it. We I appreciate you guys having me on. Let me ramble on and tell a story, and uh, yeah, maybe uh, we'll do another one at some point too. Yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. Uh, hopefully see you out at the races shake your hand and absolutely uh, yeah if you guys are out there come go come by there. and uh hang out at the tent cool will do right on man well sounds good thanks, thanks guys Talk and, to you. uh we'll see you out there sounds All good right. see you guys awesome see you on the racetracks <laughs>
All right, guys, it's time of the show for tip of the show. Brought to you by Throw Me a Bone. Go check them out at theantlerchew.com. All right, tonight we're going to be talking about vision or your vision on the trail. So first off, proper eyewear, goggles, glasses, contacts, whatever it is. I know I, I've been wearing contacts when I ride, and uh, my eyes seem to be getting worse. But actually just looked up on the interweb a company that sells those inserts that are glasses that kind of insert into your goggles. Anyway, I'm going to look into those and possibly get those because I don't ever wear contacts other than riding. And it seems like they always fall out a couple miles into the race, or at least one of them do. Anyway, that website is gogglesandmore.com. And that's goggles, the letter N, more.com. Anyway, check them out. I just found them a little bit ago, so I'm going to check them out myself. Anyways, as far as the trail goes, you always want to keep your eyes up and forward on the trail. You don't want to be looking down. Uh, for instance, I was always taught, it was actually my little brother that taught me this little trick. You, you keep your eyes or your focus ahead of you. If there's a danger or a big rock or a log, you need to see it coming, obviously. <laughs> but don't sit there and focus on that danger. If there's a rock, don't, don't look at the rock. My brother told me, Look away. Look where you want to go. An option around that danger. And that's the way your bike's going to go. If you focus on that danger, it seems like that's the direction your bike will go. At least that is what I've found out. So, um, keep your eyes up. Keep it ahead of you on the trail. I know some of some of you faster guys, that's a little harder because it seems like it's coming at you a lot faster, but uh, just do your best on that. Um, the more you're looking down, the better the chances are you're going to be hitting the danger and crashing your bike. And we don't want that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, short and simple, that has been your tip of the show. We will see you on the trail. Hey, go check out theantlerchew.com. They source organic, fresh deer and elk antler. Dogs love to chew on antlers. They're healthy. They won't splinter and make a mess like other chews. Go check them out, theantlerchew.com. For a discount code, use promo code OFFROAD. Hey, everybody. It's that time of the show, race date segments, brought to you by Recreation Tires, rectires.com. Anyways, first off, I want to let you guys all know that with the situation in our world these days, dates are always changing. I need you guys to make sure that you stay up to par and check in the websites for the organizations you are racing because there has been a lot of race date changes. So do yourself a favor and keep up on that. Uh, I'm just going to go for what's coming up this weekend. As far as I know, they are still a go. So February 13th and 14th, the NGPC in Taft, California. It is their round two. 
Uh, let's see, February 13th, Moran North, brought to you by the Trailblazers, and it is their round one. And also Sorks, 2-14, February 14th, in Holland, Georgia, and that is their round eight. So, uh, again, as far as we know, this is all that's going on, and we are doing our best to try to keep up with the date changes and get them out to you guys our listeners, our racers, and we will work on this and we will get, hopefully, have a good updated schedule for you on our next episode. So again, check out RecTires.com. See you at the races. This episode's race date segment is brought to you by our buddy Nate Adams at Recreation Tires. Nate has given us a promo code to pass on to you, our listeners. Go to RecTires.com, and with every order, Nate will give you 10% off your purchase. Just type in Desert Dirt Biker at checkout. It's that simple. Thanks, RecTires. Hey, guys. Let me tell you about Blood Lubricants. Blood Lubricants is a premium racing oil designed for your race machine. Jeff Green and the guys have developed 100% synthetic racing oil with amazing oxidation resistance. Better than other leading oils by up to four times. That results in reduced engine temps, smoother clutching, better protection against engine and transmission wear. This stuff's awesome. We ran it in our 2020 Best in the Desert racing bike. We ran the Blood Pro Elite oil, and uh, this stuff's awesome. It doesn't break down like other oils that I've used. When you drain the oil, it's still thick, has good viscosity, and it's not broke down like water. Go check it out at bloodlubricants.com. They have several different blends. They've got Pro Series, Pro Elite Series, and an ultra premium blend of Scorpion Blood. They have four-stroke oil, two-stroke oil, side-by-side oil, chain lube, and more. It's 100% made in the USA and 100% works. We won our 2020 Best in the Desert Championship with it. Run this oil in your bike. It was made to win. For a discount code, check them out at bloodlubricants.com. Get 25% using the promo code DIRT. No, I don't want the show to end. (laughs) We've come to that part where we're getting ready to say our goodbyes. But in closing, let's go over a few results um, from past races. Um, This last weekend, the National Hare and Hound Round 2 in Lubbock, Texas. Your pro results was Joe Wasson. On a beta, Zane Roberts on a beta, and Russell Bobbitt on a KTM. So beta pulling one and two. Uh, Dalton Shari got hurt on the start. We wishing him all the best. Hope he's okay. It was pretty gnarly. Um, just watched a video of that a few minutes ago and get better there, Dalton. Um, on your Pro 250 class, you had Cole Conaster on a beta, another beta. Uh, Clayton, uh, sorry about this names, but Gerstner on a KTM and Robbie Schultz, Scott, Scott, (laughs) on a TM. Uh, Sorry if I'm pronouncing your guys' names wrong. On women, you had first Brittany Gallagos, which confirmed to me today that we're going to have her on as a guest here pretty soon. And coming up second is Rachel Stout. Third is Morgan Tanky. All right, so 
that was your National Heron Hound in Lubbock, Texas. Big travels for a lot of guys and girls. Anyway, safe travels. Awesome. On to the next one. King of Moto. Man, I want to go to this. This this seems so cool. Anyway, got a rookie taking the overall. Tristan Hart. Good job, buddy. Uh, second, Colton Hacker. Third, Cody Webb. And fourth, Taylor Robert. So, good job. What a race. I've seen a little bit of footage of that. I'd like to hopefully see a whole lot more of that. So, moving on. Um, Rocky Mountain Fantasy Supercross. How you guys doing? I know I'm doing crappy. <laughs> anyway, I'm sitting in like 30th. Eric is in 28th. Ashley's in 42nd. So, um, I don't think we're going to win the prize pack. <laughs> Anyways, our number one guy in our number one spot in our little group is Otis Zombie 666. He's uh, sitting first in our group. And out of everybody that is playing the Rocky Mountain Fantasy, he is sitting at 282 overall. Dude, just a little bit more and you can be in that top 100. Wishing you all the best of luck. Anyways, uh, about the Supercross, Kenny Roxon takes a three-peat in Indy. Good for you, Kenny. Anyway, kind of a Kenny fan. Uh, I think it's awesome to see where you've come from, Kenny's come from with all his injuries, and now he's just killing it. He's on fire. Anyway, he's got a 16-point lead over Cooper Webb, and sitting in third is Eli Tomac. So, can't wait till this Saturday. We will be in Orlando for round seven. Uh, Orlando number one. Anyways, get you guys' picks in, and good luck in our group. And uh, can't wait to watch it. Uh, that's about it. Just want to send a special thanks to Mark Samuels for being a guest on our show. Holy cow. I don't want the show to end. <laughs> Anyways, again, Mark, thank you. You guys go over and check out his um, website. Get 15% off by putting in MS15 and uh, support the cause. Anyways, that's going to conclude our show for tonight. And thank you for tuning in and see you at the races. Thank you for listening to the Desert Dirt Biker. Make sure you tune in next time.